Welcome to Hoops Coaching A to Z with Coach Terry Canova. This is a deep dive into everything coaching. Join my husband and his coaching friends from around the country as they explore the ins and outs of their profession. Big thanks to everyone who's contributed to making this podcast a huge success in its first year, reaching over 14 countries. Please continue to help the podcast grow by subscribing, leaving a five-star comment, and sharing it with your friends. Here you go, sweetie. I think you can take it from here. All right. Uh, welcome to this week's episode of Hoops Coaching A to Z with me, Coach Terry Canova, and I have a special guest with us today. Uh, this guy's in our area, a good dude, a really good coach, and uh, just got himself a new gig, got him a new job. Uh, I'm, I'm excited and uh, I'm looking forward to our visit today with uh, Coach Cedric Yelding. What's up, Coach? Hey, Coach. How are you doing today? Man, I am great. I am great. A uh, couple days ago when the news hit uh, that you were the new head women's basketball coach at Coastal Alabama, uh, I was excited for you. And then we had a couple uh, text message exchanges. And, and here we are. You're my guest this week. <laughs> I, I feel honored. To be your guest, man. I've been following your show and you had some outstanding uh, individuals on your show. And I just feel uh, blessed to have the opportunity to be on your show. Your show. Absolutely, man. You know, we've known each other for a while and, I, and I've followed your career and, you know, always respected you and, and uh, the job you've done. And, and I'm just really, really excited for you. Um, so the way I want to start, Coach, uh, we'll give you a little bit of your bio, and I'll let you talk about it. But I, but I wanted to uh, – one of your stops was at South Alabama. You were, uh, you were a player there at South Alabama. You are on the, uh, the uh, South Alabama Athletic Hall of Fame. Um, but I was, I was hanging out with your old coach, Coach Ronnie Arrow, yesterday, and okay. I asked him to give me a quote. So, so here, here's, here's a quote that your old coach gave to you. <laughs> one, one of the quickest players I've ever coached. He started on our Sunbelt team in 1991, led by example, had all the right traits to run a team at the point. His best contribution he had and still has is a born leader. Great family. And it started with his dad coaching him in high school. So that's a, that's a quote from Coach Ronnie Arrow about you. That's that's good stuff right there, Coach. Man, that, 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 uh, that is. That's hit me right in the heart there. That was those great days back at South. I was just, you know, I'm always reliving. I love my Jags and I'm always reliving, you know, from starting the last 11 games of my freshman year through the remainder of my career was huge. You know, back during that time, we had some some guys that, in there that could really play. Yeah, yeah. Well, so let, let, let's go back maybe a little bit before that, and, and, and we'll talk a little bit about South, and we'll talk about kind of your coaching journey. So you, you played at Fairhope High School, is that right? Correct. And now, of course, I'm from Daphne, mm -hmm. um, but back then we didn't have Daphne High School. I graduated in 1988, and I think, I believe Daphne High School opened up in 1989. So actually, on the Eastern Shore, Spanish Fort Daphne and the Fairhope kids all went to, to Fairhope High School. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I played for my dad there. He he coached there for, uh, I guess, 21 years uh, after he came from he, he, uh, Baldwin County Training School. The first year that schools integrated, which I, I want to say 1970, wow. uh, maybe. 
it's, it's the year he went to Fairhope. And so he was there until 91. Uh, so most of all the, all the kids from Spanish Fort and Daphne area played for him at Fairhope High School. Gotcha, gotcha. So, that, you know, to, to be a recruited athlete at a high school is, is an honor in itself. But but to be recruited by the local university, uh, to be a to be a Division One basketball and have the local university come call, and that's got to be a special honor, huh, Coach? It was it was real special, man. You know, back then the college coaches could actually come to the high school games without any restrictions. Now they have the you know the live dead periods, and right. uh, so they were able to see me, and, and and they really took a chance on me because I was a little scrawny, five ten. 155 pound kid, you know, and uh, I think I grew probably two or three inches from my senior year to when I went to South, you know, when they recruited me and signed me, I was around, I guess, five, nine and a half, maybe. And when I went there, I was about six feet and a half. Wow. So, I mean, I just hung my hat on hard working and outworking, you know, my opponent, my teammates or whoever I was faced against. And that was kind of a trait. Uh, I got from my dad because he really pushed us hard and he had been through the integration of schools and seen a lot. And, you know, you, you're not you're not going to get a lot of opportunities, you know, back then. So you need to make the best of every opportunity you get. So that's kind of what I hung my hat on. For sure. For sure. And and those things carry over, you know, kids, kids, we try and teach those lessons. But but those things carry over today. I mean, that's obviously what's made you a successful coach today is is, is those things you learned as a as a young kid and, and applying those basketball lessons to, to life. Yes, sir. Definitely. Uh, and, and like myself and, and all my teams I've ever coached, you know, uh, I try to put discipline at the forefront. Of course, you know, God first, but discipline is right up there with <laughs> you have to be disciplined in life to do anything and be successful. So, yeah, yeah, there's no question. There's no question. I'll share this quote with you. I found this. I sent this to one of my players uh, today. I saw this quote online. I'm a big advocate of, of, of quotes, as, as most of us coaches are. And right. I saw this and it kind of it kind of touched me because I got a young lady on my team that. Uh, she just doesn't know how good she can be. You, you know how it is. You, we see him right. every year. And, uh, and, and this quote, it's, a, it's got a picture of Coach K, and it says, don't, don't coach who they are, coach who they can be. And, uh, and I shot this, you know, I, I shot it to her this morning, and I said, hey, I saw this quote and thought of you. If you wonder why I get frustrated with you sometimes, I know, I know what you can be and don't want these next two seasons to slip away without you seeing it for yourself. Uh, you know, you got God-given ability and, and yada, yada, you know. So th that's the thing is us as coaches, th those kids don't see it like, like we do. And, you know, right. you know, so our job is to coach them to who they can be and, and not who they are right. now. Right. Now, I'm a big quote guy, too, so I'm going to have to sure look that one up because I have a couple girls that's there right now, very talented, you know, and in, in between wanting to work hard this day and not the next day. So that's a pretty good quote there. Yeah, it's it's about consistency and developing that consistency and 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 them uh, uh being pushed by us and, and and you you know that for sure. Um uh, so now so let's go. So now we we you know you, you graduate from Fairhope, you go over to USA and now did, did Coach Arrow was he the one that recruited you and was he there the whole time you were there? 
He he was. His staff actually coached Danny Wright. I'm not sure if you remember Danny Wright, uh, which was the guard coach. It was a combination of both of them, but Coach Wright was my recruiting coach. And so my first year there uh, out of high school, the 88, 89 fall year, was peanut butter and jelly senior year. <laughs> so I was, I was, of course, I was red-shirted that year, uh, but I got to practice against those guys every single day in practice. And, and I, um, you know, outside of the back, background I had, those guys kind of imagine practicing against those two guys every day coming in as a true freshman. And so, you know, I had that determination that, you know, I was going to be successful, just like I told you, you know, I was going to work hard. So, I mean, I kind of went at them, you know, every day and it just kind of and it kind of made me, you know, grow up much quicker. And uh, I was able to step in the following year, like I said, the last 11 games of my freshman year and uh, then run the show from there. But uh, it was it was that back that those days, peanut butter and jelly was I mean, it was awesome. So, so you said that, and it, it, it's funny because uh, when you said that, it, it kind of gave me. Uh, uh, so, a couple of years ago, I've got Coach Corey LeBounty. He's coaching my uh, my middle school, and he calls an inbounds play peanut butter and jelly. And I'm like, what oh the my. hell? What are you talking about, <laughs> peanut butter and jelly? And so he had to school me on that. He he, he had to let oh, me know yeah. about that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was definitely he was our manager back then. Yes. One one of the coolest videos ever is that video, and what I have to do is when I when I promote uh, this this episode, I'm gonna have to find that video with him running out to center court and and jumping in Coach Arrow's arms. Uh, yes, uh, that's a classic classic video. It man. is always will be yes. always will be. Yes, yes. So so you go over to South uh, South Alabama, have a good career there. Uh, I know, uh, like Coach Arrow said, uh, Sunbelt champs in 91. Um, what, when then did you think you wanted to be a coach? Was it, was it always because your dad was a coach? Was it, wh- wh- where in there did you decide that you wanted to do this as a career? Well, it started, it started out by me uh, measuring in communications because I already had in my mind that I was going to go there and I was going to go play in the NBA or professional somewhere Mm -hmm. and afterwards I was going to be a sports broadcaster and so that was my lifelong dream and I knew that I was going to be basketball was going to be a part of my life for the rest of my life in some facet so uh, I I wasn't really thinking more of the coaching aspect as playing as long as I could and then broadcasting but uh, that was the alternative to broadcasting was being able to coach and be around basketball so I know once the, the first time I started coaching, I knew that was it, that you know, it would be in my life forever. Yeah. So so now when you, you got done playing, now, uh, did, did you play any after South Alabama? Just a little bit in some of the smaller leagues. Um, I played in the what what is the NBDL now? It used mm-hmm. to be called the USBL. Yeah. I played in that. I went out to the uh, L.A. Summer League my first year out and played and had a chance to go, you know, you, you don't really be thinking I had a chance to go play in Mexico. You know, they wanted me to go like two weeks into the summer league. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm here to make an NBA team to get, or make an impression on the NBA team. Right. And didn't take that opportunity, but you know, it worked out. You know, I got a chance to meet a lot of good people uh, worldwide that, that summer and still connected with a lot of those guys now. 
you know, that that year it was the Lakers, uh, the Clippers, Phoenix Suns, all those guys was on there. And I was on a team called the NBA Legends, which at that time, Pooh Richardson, yeah. uh, uh, Reggie Theus, yeah. all those guys had been in the league a long time, but still trying to maybe get a, a spot somewhere. Or they just was on the team playing in the summer league. And that's the team I played on. And I, you know, I actually did really good in the, in the league that summer. I averaged 15 points and like six assists. And uh, it was really nice. Yeah, fine, fine. Good stuff, good stuff. So so now, you know, you, your career now is, is winding down. What was the, the first team uh, that you coached? Uh, Fairhope Middle School, uh, 1998, uh, seventh grade boys basketball was my first team. And uh, it was it was a challenge yeah. because, like as you know, being a player don't always mean that you're a coach. But um, my dad, you know, he passed in 2013, so of course he was there every step of the, of the way in my coaching in my early days. So you know, for sure, he was there trying to make sure uh, I did what I needed to do, and he always hung my his hat on uh, discipline making them respect you and, and you being respectful to them and just working hard. And he said the rest of it aligned itself. And, and sure enough, that's what's been going on. Just work, work hard and respect the kids and, and they'll work hard for you. Absolutely. And, and, and you make a good point. Uh, I think a lot of people have the misconception that uh, you can automatically coach if, if you were a player, you know, and, and, and you guys, you know, as well as I do, you know, that's, that's only the tip of the iceberg, you know, right. that, that, that playing experience will only get you so far. It's like, exactly. you know, you give an example is just because, you know, chemistry don't mean you can be a chemistry teacher. You know, that's right. you, you got to know that foundation. You got to know how to teach. You got to know how to break things down. And, and, and a lot of people don't get that. Got times guys are managers, and not even players uh, to some extent. I know the, uh, the Miami Heat coach worked his way up from being a videographer and doing yep. being manager and doing different things into the head coach. Yeah, you know, Bruce Pearl just popped into my head, but I may be wrong about Bruce Pearl. He, he may have played, but, 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 but they, there are a lot of those guys out there, you know, that, uh, th- that were in fact – managers or, or like you say video, video guys that that just kind of worked their way up uh fr- fr- from the ground up and uh and, and became outstanding coaches i know uh coach rick petrick man he was one of the best coaches i've, I've worked for one of the, one of the best basketball minds around and and he started yes. out as a manager you, you know so yes. it's it's about learning your trade you know i would encourage anybody out there that 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 wants to coach don't feel like just because you weren't a great college player, don't feel like just because you weren't a professional player that you can't do this. It's, it's like anything right. else. If you want it bad enough and you, you willing to roll your sleeves up and, and get the grind and you know, you can be successful. That's right. You have to have, just be passionate. You have to be passionate about it and, and work at it and, and, and get better. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so now let's fast forward a little more now. So 18 years, at Daphne High School as the head boys coach there, uh, over 300 wins, uh, you there in your community. You know, I know sometimes people are like, ooh, you don't want to go back and coach at your, in, your, in your hometown, you know. Uh, 
but you were there, you successful. Uh, uh, they put you in the Hall of Fame there at the, at the school, uh, well-respected. So tell us about some of your experience there at Daphne High School. Well, uh, the, first, the first three years there was very challenging. And, and like you said, I was back in my community and um, that, was, that was good, you know, cause I, I wasn't a guy that was out in the community raising sand all over the place. Anyway, so that part was good, but it just I, I come into a situation where the football program and the baseball program were, you know, had won state championships. And I think Coach Sad, well, I'm sure Coach Sad was there then. And they playing in the week 15 every year. And I'm waiting on 12 or 13 basketball guys. And um, I mean, I'm just getting hammered because they, they, they're tired. They're coming in there after football season, starting in the summer. And uh, I'll tell you a story. My principal, Mr. Barry Pennington, was the pr principal then. That's before Spanish Ford High School opened up. And he said, Coach, he called me in the office and said, man, you're a good guy. You got a good background. You're working hard. He said, man, we have 1,700 students walking this uh, campus. And my suggestion to you is you get out there in that hall and you get some of these jokers that's walking around here that's not playing anything. And you groom them and you mold them and you keep you six or seven guys with you year round, and then your program going to start being successful. And sure enough, man, that's what I did. I got out in that hall and got some of the guys, and um, program started. We started building each year on that. And and it wasn't it wasn't the fact of not being a team player, but it was the fact that it is some guys around here that only want to play basketball. Right. But I would always accept and want to deal with two sport kids. Uh, but sure enough, you know, when I when I was waiting on five or six guys come out to football, football team versus eight guys, the program started to see. And, uh, and but then you have to deal with that. Oh, he is a good athlete. Son, do you want to come play football? <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it, so it was a fine it was a fine line. But uh, in, in the end, it was able to, you know, work it out to where. The, the kids that needed to be two sport kids were two sport kids and the kids that weren't uh, didn't play. And so um, it just went on from there, man. We, we, we got um, to the point where we were winning every year and expected to win and, and kids understood they was going to come in and work hard. So time just went on, but then, you know, kids started changing, you know, around year 16 or 17 at Daphne. I could start seeing the change and I knew, you know, I always said I didn't want to be a person that uh, stayed longer than I needed to stay. Right. And then those, you know, the, uh, those last two or three years were kind of wavy years. You know, you can kind of see, you know, maybe they're not responding to you like they should and, you know, just a lot going on. Mm -hmm. So that's when I said, um, you know, I see the rightness by time, you know, I had a great career here and, um, it's time to move on because I've always wanted to be a college coach. That ultimately, that was my goal, and um, you know, of course, I have a wife and two kids, and and I had opportunity. Bobby Champagne, you know, Bobby Champagne. Yeah, yeah. He's at he's at UNA, and I, you know, I used to be like in the middle of my career. You know, I needed to get. To, I ended up with twenty seven years, but I needed to get to twenty five. You know, to get that retirement, mm -hmm. and you know. I had opportunity to go with him at one point, but it was like a grad assistant uh, slash manager. What well, I mean, you know, a uh, lower level guy. Sure. Yeah. And uh, at the at that time, I never forget I was making forty four thousand dollars at here in Baldwin County teaching, 
And uh, that job paid twenty four thousand. Yeah. And you know, me and my wife were young, two kids, already working paycheck to paycheck. Yep. And I was just like, you know, I end up not going. And then sometimes you never get that opportunity again. And uh, but you know, God always has a plan for you. And I'm a firm believer in that because, you know, later on in my career, I applied for other jobs, but always within the state so that I could keep my state retirement and, and nothing ever worked. So, you know, when I got around year 24, uh, I uh, decided to reach out to Robbie Robinson. And then I said, hey, man, uh, you know, I, re- I always wanted to be in the college realm and I want to come volunteer uh, with you get my foot in the door, get experience, get it on my resume. And he welcomed me, you know, with open arms. So that first year I got up and then um, Coach Pitt said, well, I hadn't had an assistant with me in a few years. You know, if you got time, I practice in the evenings, you know, you can do both. So that first year I ended up doing both. And then Coach Pitts actually had an assistant salary and uh, it went on. And I don't know, but after the first year, you know, it's just like, I've been following God my whole life. Why, why stop now? And some just told me just to, you know, coach Pitts, you know, is a very nice lady and, and, and that I can really see a need that, you know, Rob had coach Lynn Lanier and he had a couple other guys with him. So he was solid in his staff. And so I decided to, you know, just kind of transition over to see how that would work out with coach Pitts. So the second year I was pretty much all with her. And then at some point she was like, well, you know, after 42 years, I, I, I you know, I see that maybe I, it's somebody I can lead this program into good hands with. And uh, that's that's where it kind of started with a conversation like that. And uh, she she kind of last year let me do a lot more and start showing me that, you know, the real the ins and outs of everything. So that's kind of how it started. And um, we fast forward to this year. You know, she said, Coach, I'm absolutely sure this is it and, it, and it's going to happen in January. And so um, we, we end up meeting with the athletic director. And, uh, of course, he like, of course, I can't promise you this job. You know, I can, you know, we got to open it up and, and, and go forth. But then we got to the point where, we hey, hey we need to, if this is going to happen, you need to happen in the fall so there's not interrupting the kids' season right in the middle of the season and all so. One thing led to another and it ended up working out for me. And, and I'm just uh elated over the opportunity. You know, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good setup up there. Of course, in Alabama JUCO, we can't offer room and board right now. And hopefully one day soon we'll be able to start doing that because you you can't really compete with the 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 Florida schools or the Mississippi school for, that's giving full rides and then you're and the, the kids getting to keep their pair grants in their pocket. Yeah. So most of the time, our kids either have to be well off enough to pay for their uh, room and board or use the pair grant to pay for their room and board mm-hmm. and cafeteria. But as far as everything else, man, we we got everything we need. Um, just just got approved for $6 million gym renovation that's going to be ongoing this year. So. We'll be ducking and dodging in between games and practice once they start, uh, but they'll do the gym last. So as soon as the season over with this year, you know, they'll get in there and we'll have brand new facilities. 
Uh, so well, coach, let, let's uh, let's take a quick break because I want to talk more about now your, your new role as as, a, as the head women's coach there. But we're going to take a quick sixty second break, uh, and we'll be right back okay. with a uh, new coach at Coastal. Co uh, I, I keep wanting to say Faulkner State. Faulkner State. <laughs> I, I keep wanting to say Coastal. Faulkner State. Uh, the new head women's coach at Coastal Alabama. Um, we'll uh, we'll be right back with Coach uh, Cedric Yeldy. Want to get away for the best vacation ever? Consider a group trip, whether a cruise or an all-inclusive resort. Let Toes in the Sand Travel help you get there. There are some amazing perks for group cruisers. Trust us, we do one almost every year, and we help so many of our friends as well. For a trip of a lifetime, give us a call. You can message me on Facebook at Kimberly Tanner Canova, or you can find our Facebook page, Toes in the Sand Travel, but be sure it's the one that has our smiling faces on there. Just reach out, we'll help you. Hey honey, will you get packed? We got a cruise ship waiting on us now. <laughs> Let's go. All right, we're back with Coach Cedric Yelding at uh, Coastal Alabama. And, uh, and Coach, uh, before we took the break, I joked about, you know, you guys were known as Faulkner State for years there. Now it's Coastal Alabama. Tell us a little bit about that system. Uh, I know there's a couple campuses. Tell us a little bit about the system there at Coastal Alabama. Well, at some point, you know, you had Faulkner State, which was in Baymanet. You had Alabama Southern, which was in Monroeville. You had Jeff Davis, which is in Bruton, Alabama. At some point, they merged. Oh, um, okay. All three campuses merged as one. And, and they, the name was changed to Coastal Alabama. And so we each kept our own mascot and own people in place, but we just under the Coastal Alabama umbrella. So in reference to each campus, where I'm at is Coastal Alabama South Campus. And then Coastal Alabama North Campus is in Monroeville. And then Coastal East is in Bruton. So that's how we distinguish between the, the three schools. So it's North, South, and East. So we're Coastal Alabama South. I got you. I got you. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure. Kind of like several years ago when I was uh, coaching at ULM, you know, it used to be Northeast Louisiana and you used to have Southwest Louisiana. And that's right. University of Louisiana encompassed all of them, but you got different campuses. I got you. Right, right. I got you. I got you. So, so now you're the head women's coach there. And, and as you mentioned, uh, you know, one of the recurring themes on the podcast is talking about making sacrifices and taking chances. And, and as you said, when when Coach Bobby Champagne called you several years back and, and Bobby's been on our podcast before and a good, good dude, and a good coach now at the University of Houston, um, the, the timing wasn't wasn't right. Uh, you know, uh, a husband, a wife couple children you know just couldn't couldn't make that sacrifice but now here you are uh what would, would have been 2020 you decide okay it's time to take that chance make a little sacrifice let's 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 put our neck out a little bit let's go volunteer and here you are two years later now you're sitting in that in that seat there and, and just uh so tell us a little about a little bit about the philosophy change now from from being an assistant coach at a college, kind of learning the ropes, learning how to how things work there, 
to now you you the boss you you making the calls again <laughs> uh well um it's been going good you know girls coach coach Pitts. um this year this fall if she'd have started fall practice uh, uh you know preseason practice would have been her 42nd year wow. straight doing it and so you no know, like i said like i alluded to um my last few years at Daphne, you know, when I kind of had that feeling, uh, you, it was to that point, you know, especially the, the, the small things we know as a basketball coach, the small things matter because they're going to, they're going to show up on the court. Yep. And so when you've been in it that long, then, you know, you know, some of the small things don't matter as much. And that's where your assistance, you know, I, when I went out the days I were there, you know, I was holding them accountable for a lot of the small things that mm-hmm. coach may not have had the energy at this point to do anymore. So small, the, the I'm sorry, small things become big things. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So that that was the first thing is to, to hold them uh, accountable, more accountable, especially on the athletic part of it. Now that one thing she didn't drop, uh, she, I won't say she totally dropped it, but academics, she didn't drop at all. Yeah. They, you're going to go to class and you're going to graduate. So those two traits that is definitely at the top of my list with coach, you know, she going to, she going to communicate with the teachers weekly and on the grade sheets. And, you know, if they need tutors, she, that's a plus. So it was more on the basketball part of uh, making them align that basketball with, with the academics. And I mean, you know, kids, you know, when they figure out what you expect out of them and what you're not going to allow them to do, then they, they conform and, and go, it was, it was easy. I mean, you know, we, three weeks into preseason and, and they working hard as they ever worked. And, you know, we, we figuring it out. We, we getting our weight room in, which we didn't do really consistent over the last couple of years. That's going to be consistent, you know, the weight room and mixing it in with some early mornings, you know, getting there at five 30, meeting them on the track, just, you know, give them the, the total experience, you know, because if you expect to, be successful and compete with some of the other uh, great teams in the state that I know working around the clock, you have to work. So, um, you know, it's going good so far. Yeah. And, and like you mentioned, you know, you had a little bit of a disadvantage because man, I know, you know, as, as I was a college coach for eight years, I know some of those Mississippi JUCOs and those Florida JUCOs, man, they got a lot bigger checkbooks and, and a lot bigger yes. pockets. And like you said, they can offer a yes. uh, room and board. And, and, and so, so you're already at a little bit of a disadvantage. And, and so, so yeah, that's when you, that's where you, where you try and equal the playing field and, and, you know, right. like, like we talked about in the beginning, you're just trying to outwork people. You have to outwork people and uh, definitely, and, you know, you then you have uh, out really, some really good jucos. You know, you have Shelton state up there in Tuscaloosa. Oh yeah. That's very good every year. I mean, matter of fact, that the, the top three or four teams in the North every year, are really good and then like last year we finished well last, actually last two years we finished in third in our division uh behind uh chattahoochee valley and bishop state and so and then uh selma was pretty good last year so i mean that everybody outside of the, the the top you know school in the state um it's, it's about on an equal playing field it's about who's gonna work the hardest and who's gonna be more prepared when it's time to play so that's what we're going to, you know, lean toward. Just we have to work and be prepared and, and, and go get it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
Well, we got about about four minutes uh, left, okay. but 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 I wanted to to point to state the obvious now. So now a men's basketball coach for so long, now you done <laughs> took a, you, now you done took a turn to the dark side, like like us smart people. <laughs> now you now you a women's basketball coach. I'm telling oh, you, there's man. so many of us out there, whether it be Coach Petrie, whether it's myself. You can go down the line. You know, we coach guys. And then for whatever reason, and mine similar to yours, I became a, a women's coach to, to get that college opportunity. Mm-hmm. But once you once you cross over, there's no going back now. There's no going back. So, <laughs> no going um, back. What is some of the things that what are some of the things that maybe you have noticed the difference in coaching the, the, the female athletes as opposed to the guys? Um straight straight from the beginning the first day I walked in up there is that they're, they're going to try to execute what you want them to execute. You know that? I mean, most girls, not all girls, but most girls don't play a lot of street ball and they're going to, they're going to do what you tell them, you know, what you practice and, and what you need to do. So you, then you run into that, them being able to, you know, audible when you need to, right. Cause they be like, well, you said I need to run right here. <laughs> Yep. Right. And so that but I love it, though, because I know that what I teach them and what I want them to try to do, they're going to try to implement. But we can always get in that gym and have open gym hoop sessions. And then you're going to figure it out if you plan enough. Uh, but like I said earlier, you never know what direction God wants you to go in, because, you know, you ain't never supposed to make that statement. Never. You know, and as a boy, you always say, man, I can't coach girls. I can't coach girls. <laughs> and you never know. That's right. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about coaching them. You know, they come in, they're ready to work and they mean they'll, they'll knock each other around. Yep. And uh, it's, it's just good. So, you know, the one thing I did, the one thing I got to figure out, I'm going to have to ask you about this. The one thing I did figure out is sometimes uh, with a boy, when you're coaching a boy, you can kind of get in his face a little bit and challenge him and he'll get going. And with those girls, sometimes when it is it, not their night, Sometimes they don't, it's just not the night and you can't get it. <laughs> well, you, you can know, you'd be surprised though, said you'd be, you'd be surprised because I, I'll never forget one time I was early on uh, coaching girls early on, man, many, many years ago. And I got in one's face and, and ranting and raved. And uh, I was actually t- at the time I was a high school boys and girls coach at the same time in Louisiana. And I remember telling this young lady, uh, name was Virginia Guillory. Never forget. And I said, Virginia, you act like I got to get on you like I get on my guys. And she looked at me straight in the face and say, yeah, coach, you, you need do. to, you, you know. And, to. And so so one of the things that I learned is bottom line is treat them like athletes. That's now, right. Now, now, now I'll, I'll admit some, some of the some of the choice words that I might I might have used with guys back in the day. You know, I, I I don't I don't do that. Can't do that. <laughs> uh, but but treat them like athletes. And 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 the other right. thing, you, you know, you you made a great point. You're going to have, in in some cases, more impact on the end result with the ladies than you will with the guys because right. they don't tend to play as much as guys. You know, us. You give us a ball in the gym, we're going to play till till they turn the lights out on us. That's right. That's and so right. one of the things I had to do more of is I had to learn to give them a little more pickup time 
and and facilitated and said, hey, y'all go play. And, and That's right. Because guys are going to do it on their own. The girls, you got to you got to kind of push them in that direction. Um, right. But, uh, and I've been, I've been it's rewarding. Yeah. And I've been really impressed with them because you do things and give them opportunities to, to do things to see how they're going to react to it. And I know last couple of years, I always came in from from school, of course, right at the beginning of practice. But now that I'm there, you know, before practice start. I always have this look, this wonder, hey, man, you know, the, the gym's open from 2.30 to 3.30. You know, whoever need to come get extra shots or extra work. And, man, that joke have been every single day they've been in there. Good. And, and I'm not having to make them come in there. So that's yeah. that's been a a, a a good thing to see there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, Coach, look, man, I, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your day. I, I'm, I'm so happy for you. I'm proud of you. And I really look forward to watching you guys play. And, and you know, anything you ever need from us here at UMS, man, just 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 holler. Uh, but but we look forward to seeing you do great things there. At uh, all right, at, thank uh, you so much. At Coastal Alabama. Yes, sir. I all appreciate right, it. Hey, best of luck to you, man. We'll see you soon. All right, thank you. That's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode. A big thank you to everyone who has continued to make this podcast become so popular. Please continue to share with your friends and colleagues. And when you have time, please take a minute to give it a five-star rating. Until then, we'll see you on the next episode.